Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are listening to This Week Again, and I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. This show is going to be a little bit different from our previous shows because normally we have a few topics that we cover each week, but this episode is just going to focus on one story because, oh my God, this story has it all. I'm talking about an epic saga filled with stereotypical characters such as a basic bitch of a man who would be king, a scrappy band of tin-foiled rebels hell-bent on preventing him from ever achieving that, and then, of course, there's pizza. So settle down with a warm bowl of popcorn and snuggle in to the comfiest part of your couch because tonight I shall recount the hilarious embarrassing and very cautionary tale of Kevin and a series of humiliating vote tallies. Let's begin, shall we? Kevin McCarthy is having the year that he deserves, and it's only been a week. (laughs) The new Congress was supposed to be sworn in on Tuesday, January 3rd by a newly elected Speaker of the House, but... Since Republicans won control of the House in the 2022 midterms, this happened. I rise today to nominate the gentleman from California, Kevin McCarthy, as Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy will not win the speakership on the first vote. I rise to nominate Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House. Republican Kevin McCarthy has lost a second round of voting. Let's start by electing Kevin McCarthy as our next speaker. Congressman Kevin McCarthy lost a third vote for speaker. Not in 100 years has a U.S. Congress failed to elect a Speaker of the House, but leave it to the newly elected maggot Republicans to put a boot in the ass of tradition by completely fucking up the vote, not once, but three times. And while this had a hilarious effect of causing Kevin to relive his humiliation, not once, not twice, but three times in one day, with all 12 or 212 Democrats voting in unison, Kevin had to get to 218 votes to beat them. So now you see why this ended in Americans going to bed on Tuesday without a functioning government. Oh, and fun fact, on the third vote, McCarthy got fewer votes than he did on the preceding two rounds. Not that anyone asked, but I'm going to go ahead and say that this fiasco gets one star. And I'll tell you why. And by that, I mean, I'll play you a clip of what Florida man and butthead LARPer Congressman Matt Gates, along with his sidekick 2020's Miss GED Congresswoman from Colorado, Lauren Boebert, had to say about their reason for fucking up the vote. Yeah, we're hearing things are getting very heated behind closed doors. Kevin McCarthy is essentially done. He's signaling with negotiating with this block of conservatives who are seeking a number of concessions to weaken the speakership. This handful of members is um, uh, very clearly looking for notoriety over principle. Everything I heard hardened my resolve that this town desperately needs change. And if it's a few of us who have to stand in the breach to force it, we are willing to do so for as long as it takes. Claire, we offered a deal. There were personnel requests because personnel is vital in the absence of trust. Personnel is policy. We made the deal. The deal was rejected. And as it stands, 
I will not be voting for Kevin McCarthy so as speaker. Okay, so Lauren and Matt are taking the Cartman approach to governing, and that sounds like it's on brand. I do understand that there is two sides to every story, so let's hear from Kevin about all of this. Presented the only way to have 218 votes. If I provided certain members with certain positions, certain gavels to take over the church committee to have certain budgets, and they even came to the position where one Matt Gates said, "I don't care if we go to plurality and we elect Hakeem Jeffries, and it hurts the new frontline members not to get reelected." Ah, and wouldn't you know it? True to his word. The alleged child sex trafficking representative from Florida refused to vote for Kevin McCarthy all three times. Instead, he voted for January 6th organizer and Ohio State's worst assistant coach, Jim Jordan, to be Speaker of the House. So that was day one of the newly elected but not sworn in Congress because Republicans can't govern Game of chicken, Democrats won, Republicans zero. Three votes and Kevin was still out as speaker. And this made quite a few of us laugh, but it also made others lose their shit. Case in point, 2024 presidential hopeful and toilet water pressure expert Donald Trump felt the need to Play absentee father coming back into your life when it's advantageous to him with the Republicans that refuse to vote for McCarthy by saying this. Former President Trump calling on those Republican holdouts to vote for Kevin McCarthy and close the deal. He's warning them to avoid an embarrassing defeat. Oh, an embarrassing defeat? (laughs) You should ask Carrie Lake about how it is to lose badly in an election. It's hilariously sad that this guy actually thought that if he typed something in all caps on his Twitter knockoff website, that suddenly the pedophile from Florida and Colorado's OnlyFans Velma would straighten up and do what they're told. Fortunately for us, Colorado's favorite wife married to a sex offender took to the House floor to tell everyone what she really thinks of old whack Donald. Let's stop with the campaign smears and tactics to get people to turn against us. Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off, I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. Leave it to insurrectionist Barbie to hit the right wing's favorite golf player back with a you can't tell me what to do in the most high school way possible. And for once, ah. I agree with Miss GED 2020. If she and 19 of her closest fascists want to destroy the Republican Party in order to squash little Kevin's dream of being Speaker of the House, folks, I can't think of a better way to ring in the new year. Oh, and to add petty to injury, discount tricky dick impersonator Matt Gates wrote a letter to the architect of the Capitol, a man named Brett Blanton to complain about Kevin McCarthy's, quote, occupying the Speaker of the House's office when he isn't elected Speaker. Matt Gates wrote, quote, How long will he remain there before he is considered a squatter? Hmm. Backstory time. 
Kevin McCarthy had his staff move his belongings into the Speaker's office the morning of January 3rd, long before the vote even started. And that move didn't take long to not age well. I would say less than 12 hours later, and McCarthy's claim to his new digs was more like a rock and a hard place. See, if he moves out, he was admitting defeat to the 20 maggots who were holding the House hostage. Or does he stay in the Speaker's office and then wait for them to drag him out on camera? I'm going to vote for the latter. So with all of this infighting, there were some in the media who thought that the House Democrats should help their colleagues across the aisle by giving them a few votes for Kevin or providing Republicans with a moderate alternative that even the maggots could agree on. And to that, I say that it is not the job of Democrats to continuously clean up the messes that Republicans make. They are grown-ups. They should clean their own messes up. Republicans have told us over and over again that they can govern, and I say we should let them. Am I right? This is a portrait of paralysis. This is what the Republicans have told the country in the last two months. Historic underperformance in the midterm, followed by historic institutional chaos. I mean, this is, I don't want to say an unmitigated disaster for Kevin McCarthy, but it's close. It's pretty bad. Let's get back to our top story right now. The truly historic humiliation of Congressman Kevin McCarthy. My friends, you were listening to the comedic timing of CNN's Wolf Blitzer. Throwing shade with one of his signature deadpan zingers. Mwah! Chef's kiss. And I know that it goes without saying, but things were not looking good on day two of Will Kevin or Won't He? House Republicans had spent the previous night either defending or blaming each other all over cable news. Meanwhile, everyone else was loudly chewing their popcorn, glued to their screens, watching CNN intensely to see just how long it would take Kevin to get to 218 votes. I nominate the gentleman from California. Mr. Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy lost his fourth bid for the House Speakership. I rise to nominate Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy has lost for the fifth time. I rise today to nominate Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the People's House. Kevin McCarthy lost a sixth straight vote. Well, it looks like we got our answer. Kevin won't. See, day two had three more rounds of votes which ended with Kevin being the biggest loser for a sixth time in a row. And not only that, folks, but on the fourth vote, McCarthy started losing Republicans, leaving him with 201 votes, missing his mark by 17. So with those 20 maggots still holding on, we had Wednesday end much like we did Tuesday, without a functioning government, thanks to Republicans' unique governing style. For example, the problem that Lauren Joe Dirt from Colorado has with Kevin becoming speaker really has to do with the fact that she wants to be able to replace him anytime her panties get in a bunch. 
to have those negotiations with. That's why my hard line from the beginning was the motion to vacate. This is something that's been around for nearly two centuries. And Nancy Pelosi was the first Speaker of the House to remove this um, and take that authority away from every single member of Congress to have a check and a balance on the third in line to the presidency of the United States. He's willing and to give Kevin you McCarthy five. wanted. Kevin McCarthy wanted to follow her precedence through and through, and then he did move it down to five. And he knew that my position was going back to Je Thomas Jefferson's motion of one single member motion to vacate. This is imperative. You cannot demand more responsibility and less accountability. So for those of you in the back, OnlyFans Velma is talking about the House of Representatives motion to vacate the chair which is a 200-year-old parliamentary rule that grants any member the right to ask a sitting chair holder to give up their seat. With regard to Kevin, we're talking about him being removed as speaker. Once this motion is proposed, a vote is immediately required to either affirm the sitting speaker or the sitting chair person or propose a new one. And then there is a vote so it is true that Nancy Pelosi changed the rule from one member minimum to a majority of the caucus requirement before the motion can be brought to the House for a vote. And apparently this really got Lauren upset and she convinced 19 of her closest psych ward pals to refuse Kevin's vote because of this. So she wants the right to fire any Speaker of the House at a moment's notice. Surprisingly, it was this display of CW-level drama that led to several Fox hosts losing their mind and having a mental breakdown on national television. Roll tape. These 20 people are making the Republicans look like idiots. House Republicans now are on the verge of becoming a total clown show if they're not careful. Can we get a unanimous vote to go forward or do we have to do a few rounds? Because without all three of us voting, to go, yes, we're not going to do the show. It's unbelievable what took place yesterday. How ordinary American is sitting home yep. and saying, what the heck is wrong with these people? <laughs> this is the worst game of chicken ever. It's like, if you said game of chicken, you have a car going at the other and you wait. It's not even that. It's not even that. It's just bad. This is an utter unmitigated disaster. Disaster for the Republicans. Was. Just a simple disaster. On any given day, watching Fox is like walking into a toddler daycare when it's nap time. But this in particular, I can relate to. I understand their frustration at being Republican right now. I can understand anyone being frustrated at being a Republican. But no one took the second day of losing harder than Kevin McCarthy himself. So Kevin decided that he was going to eat his feelings surrounded by his colleagues in what can only be described as a Dunder Mifflin level pathetic attempt to get people that he works with to like him. Large number of pizzas have been seen going to Kevin McCarthy's office tonight. Republicans are now eating pizza. I don't know what's going on in those rooms other than a lot of pizza. I would imagine that those 20 pizzas or something got delivered and, and they're working on a plan. Well, I sure hope so. 
it's that or McCarthy was eating all that pizza, hoping to have a massive heart attack on the floor of the house during the third day of C-SPAN's new political drama, 20 Republicans Hate Kevin. But alas, in a world where third time's the charm doesn't exist, the House began their third day of voting for a speaker. And you guessed it. I rise to nominate Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy has just lost on the seventh ballot. I advance the name of Kevin McCarthy very proudly as the next Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy has lost yet another vote for Speaker. I advance the name of Kevin McCarthy as the next Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy lost his ninth attempt. I rise to nominate Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. We've got some breaking news. Kevin McCarthy loses on the 10th ballot. I nominate my friend, the next Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy now appears to have lost his 11th Speaker vote. Yes, sir. After 11 votes, the 118th Congress had not been sworn in. No one was working, no security clearances, no committee meetings, no oversight. But Kevin was still officially squatting in the Speaker's office after his 11th defeat, so I don't know. Maybe we can add squatter to the Republicans' very short list of congressional accomplishments in 2023. Oh, and another thing. Maybe we can also add the House Republicans' unrelenting compulsion to waste energy resources on gaslighting Americans. You described it as chaotic, and you can say that, but I I really think this is democracy in action. It's bad, it's uncomfortable, we don't like it, and obviously we want to get to business, but it's democracy. What looks chaotic and kind of seems counterproductive to many It's actually in its own way refreshing. Unlike Democrats, members of the Republican Party, they're not sheep who are, you know, will do what they are told. If you prefer real debates about issues that actually matter, it's pretty refreshing to see it. Yes, it's a little chaotic, but this is what it's supposed to be. Oh, sure. That may seem a little chaotic to some, but to others who came from a very tumultuous and broken home, (laughs) that seems like Tuesday. We can see why you'd want Americans to view incompetence in this light. But I got to tell you, it's a bold move calling the House Republicans inability to perform one of the basic functions of their job as refreshing. Mostly because I don't think it means what you think it means. Meanwhile, at the Republican House of Representatives, the phrase glutton for punishment was personified as tensions mounted and the voting continued. Day four of indecision at the House, Republican edition, McCarthy finally came up with a strategy. And by strategy, I mean he started giving the Republicans anything they wanted just as long as they would vote for him. They are making progress on an agreement to give some of the speaker's power, as you put it, back to the conference. House rules that McCarthy has already agreed to, rules that will go into effect if and when Republicans actually settle on a speaker, include dismantling the January 6th committee and replacing it with a new committee to investigate the weaponization of the federal government. It would gut the Office of Congressional Ethics, which is a key watchdog group that oversees members of Congress. 
new rules would remove magnetometers that are used to scan for dangerous weapons when entering the House floor. They would end the right of congressional workers to unionize and would remove the word labor from the House Education and Labor Committee. And they would allow members to introduce amendments that cut funding for specific federal workers and federal programs down to just $1, a provision meant to appease Republicans who want to defund the FBI. Part of the deal is dealing with raising the national debt limit in the new Congress. They have to avoid a debt default. They would not agree to a clean debt ceiling increase, meaning they need some conditions tied to avoid a national debt default. That was part of this deal that has not yet been publicly released, but that apparently was reached between a handful of these holdouts and Kevin McCarthy. So I would like to take a moment to explain just how terrifying it is that these people were negotiating our government functionality as a prize to be won. Because we're talking about Klan mom and Jewish space laser expert Marjorie Taylor Greene, along with fellow insurrectionists sitting on the House Rules Committee. This is where they will have an actual very real say in how our our legislative branch actually functions we're talking about lauren bobblehead and the biggest head in florida matt gates being able to call a vote for a new speaker any time they decide that they want more perks and i can't be the only one who feels like they need to take a shower after hearing our national debt is now a bargaining chip during negotiations with domestic terrorists or to put it another way Ralph Norman, who's a Freedom Caucus member from South Carolina. The thing that Kevin McCarthy needs to agree to, to win their support, it's, that is non-negotiable, is that he needs to be willing to shut the government down rather than raise the debt ceiling. This is all setting up for some titanic fight this summer uh, over the debt ceiling. Hey, I understand as well as the next woman about ambition and all of that, but Kevin McCarthy being in a position with the ability to sell out our legislative branch of government to politicians in exchange for essentially a promotion at work is incredibly scary. And then they voted a 12th time. McCarthy still lost, but his savvy negotiation strategy of cosplaying as a Republican genie had worked Because this guy got 14 of the 20 holdouts to now vote for him, giving him his first two-vote lead over Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries. And in the grand old tradition of quitting while you're ahead, the House took a much-needed intermission. Besides, Kevin definitely had a math problem that he needed to solve because 214 votes is still not 218. So it was back to the drawing board, back to the closed door meetings with the tinfoiled bunch so they could hash out their differences and find more wishes to grant. Kevin clearly had a lot of work to do and not a lot of time to do it because we're talking about an intermission. And so it was later, the House of Representatives met in the dark of night, not because it's sneaky, but because they didn't want to have to vote for Speaker on Monday morning. So 
here's where we're at, folks. The magic number was 218, and it was beyond Kevin's grasp. And that's when things got WWE up in there. Look at this. There's finger pointing going on. Matt Gates is pointing at, at uh, McCarthy. A crowd is gathering around them. Uh, McCarthy obviously trying to implore Gates at this point to do something. Almost looked like he was asking, what do I have to do for your vote? But I mean, look, he is not over the finish line. And, and he's walking away there. He's look at somebody yeah. holding somebody back. Look at that. Oh, somebody just held somebody back. Stephanie, just look at that. It looks like a fight breaking out on the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It almost happened, folks. Matt the Budhead Gates nearly got clocked by North Carolina's Patrick McHenry. And in Patrick's defense, Matt's unusually large head is a pretty easy target, so it wouldn't have taken much. And although I can't tell you that I am not completely entertained by all of this, it's still cringe, folks, because this is our U.S. House of Representatives. These are our elected officials who are taking the I don't care about my co-workers trope to internationally embarrassing levels. Remember, the world is watching one of our branches of government in a country that we purport to be so great devolve into a cross between a monster truck rally and your drunk uncle's backyard fight club. Kevin's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad week May have some may have been some of the best television ever broadcast on C-SPAN, but it had to stop somewhere. And apparently getting threatened with an ass whipping might have been the motivation needed. Or maybe Gates just has a soft spot for things that turn 15. I don't know which was the inspiration behind bringing the nightmare on First Street to its inevitable conclusion, but... Was agree in their tallies that the total number of votes cast is 428, of which the Honorable Kevin McCarthy of the state of California has received 216. The Honorable Hakeem Jeffries of the state of New York has received 212, with six recorded as present. Therefore, the Honorable Kevin McCarthy of the state of California, having received a majority of the votes cast, is duly elected Speaker of the House of Representatives. Uh, finally, after 15 rounds and convincing Lauren Boba Fett and her merry band of insurrectionists to vote present, Kevin was able to lower the threshold needed to win the speakership. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how Kevin McCarthy became Speaker of the House. It may not have been the win that Kevin wanted, but it sure as hell was the win he deserved. And I did mention at the top of this show that this was a cautionary tale. And that is for a reason. See, elections have consequences. Folks, we could have had this. House Democrats will always put American values over autocracy. Benevolence over bigotry. The Constitution over the cult. Democracy over demagogues. Economic opportunity over extremism. Freedom over fascism. Governing over gaslighting. Hopefulness over hatred. Inclusion over isolation. Justice over judicial overreach. Knowledge over kangaroo courts. 
liberty over limitation, maturity over Mar-a-Lago, normalcy over negativity, opportunity over obstruction, people over politics, quality of life issues over QAnon, reason over racism, substance over slander, triumph over tyranny, understanding over ugliness, voting rights over voter suppression, working families over the well-connected, xenial over xenophobia. Yes, we can over you can't do it, and zealous representation over zero-sum confrontation. We will always do the right thing by the American people. Oh my goodness, I don't know about you, but that sounds so good. Learning our ABCs with the current House Minority Leader, Hakeem Jeffries. Folks, that wasn't our speaker. (laughs) Instead, we got this. Our very first bill will repeal the funding for 87,000 new items. Of course it is. That's what Republicans want to lead with. Taking away funding for 87,000 IRS workers because that means that your donors don't have to pony up and pay their fair share of taxes and the back taxes that they owe. Of course, (laughs) because who needs a house representing all of the people when you can have a house representing just a few people? And that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday. And follow us on social media to keep up with our latest posts. This Week Again can be found on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, Samsung Podcasts, pretty much wherever you listen. Thanks for listening again and to for now.